0: And I'm M4Numbersman. You might think that we've been away for a little while. reason for that is that we've had a few problems with recording due to Rock being strangely absent at the time of the Super Bowl and my microphone having issues. But we're back
1: and that's what matters. So now you get to hear us every couple of weeks talking about stuff that interests us and...
2: Possibly something that interests you. Today we'll be discussing, as always, server events to begin with. We're moving on to some some news from the server in general, including with talking about DayZ. And we're going to talk a little bit about the hardcore server. And we're going to finish out by discussing games based on the big screen.
0: So anything that's been on TV or the cinema, you'll probably find something there. Anyway, Tyrus, who are you again? We haven't seen you in a month. Yes, I'm, I'm the person who
1: does the events. Uh, we've got lots to talk about today. We've got, because of the absence, we've got a few events with winners who we need to announce. And we've got an upcoming event. So, first off, we'll go through the events which happened recently. First off, we had a PvP tournament, which, as you may have been able to guess, was won by Invan as normal. Although, as, although many of you will be pleased to hear, he can no longer win events because he's got powers in Team Enigma. So, he can't win the events there. So now someone else can win prizes. Yep, that's what it's taken to get him to stop winning events.
2: It's not like he needs to win any more events. He has royalty for the rest
1: of his life. He had, a, he had royalty up to about April. Anyway, just sort of stockpiled from winning loads of events. Uh, and Invan is in charge of the mentor team, so he can't win any more events because of the power that goes with it. So... Everyone else join in events, because you can win stuff now. After that, we had the a Wokalypse, which is a server favourite, mainly from the mod's point of view, because we get to slaughter lots of players, which we don't normally get to do, and that's always good fun. The people who managed to survive that the best were... because there's no winners. The only winner is But congratulations to Andy25100, BooksPenguin, Ironfang, and Arizons, who each won their respective rounds. And Special congratulations to Victini998, who gets the unique title, The Fittest, in-game, because he was the strongest, fittest person overall. He managed to weather the waves of angry mods the best.
2: Oh, if you want to take a look at the event, uh, The Leprechauns did a pretty good video about it. I saw it on YouTube. I think there's a link to it
1: uh, somewhere on the forums. Yes, if you watch that, you can see it from a player's point of view. Then, last in the events which have happened recently, we need to announce winners for this Saturday, the sixteenth of February. We had Red versus Blue, which was uh, an event made by Steve AB and Invernable, a PVP uh, point capturing event, which had teams Red versus Blue fighting to explode each other's bases in a glorious display of destruction. Team Blue managed to win it. Quite decisively, if I remember rightly, and congratulations to Nico, Books Penguin, the Lepicorns, Sean Pat 99, Jay Scooty, Creepy Creeper 04, Super Dog 711, and Garrett Fire and Wild Will 002, who made up the blue team and destroyed their opponents quite convincingly.
0: Congratulations to those people on completely annihilating other people. Your server wide buddies should be proud of you.
1: And then coming up next weekend, which will be the 23rd, for those of you who are listening to this later than when we're recording it, the 23rd of February, uh, we will have Total Wipeout, which is one of your pet projects, Matt.
0: Yes, I've actually done work. I've emerged onto the server and socialised-ish. I've revitalised some of the event, some of the parts of it, and changed around some of them. So... Even if you did play it last time, you're not guaranteed a first place win. And
1: we've got a special prize for this event, haven't we? Generously funded by you.
0: I forked out my own money to get Puddle, a game on Steam. am not going to say how much it is because you'll probably just call me a cheapskater or something. So, if
1: you want to win that, make sure you turn up at Total Wipeout for lots of jumping and assault course running, essentially. Uh, and you can win an exclusive prize, which doesn't normally happen. Make sure you've got Steam though beforehand, because otherwise it makes it a bit awkward to actually give you your prize. Anyway, that's all from events, so make sure to check the forums, because every week a new event being announced, or you can sign up for a new event. Uh, just in case you're interested, on the horizon we have the second Master Builder competition coming up soon-ish, so if you want to win an exclusive title, and wrest the title from the cold, dead hands of Comic Sans, who won it last year. Make sure to turn up; it should be a good contest.
2: Thanks a lot, Tyrus, as always. All kinds of good stuff coming up. There's been a lot of changes on the server recently. You see, there's a lot been some promotions, got a bunch of new mods, new mentors, all kinds of new, new things. We at the uh, podcast team just want to extend congratulations to everybody who received a promotion. They're too numerous to name, but the names are available easily found on the server. So if you see anybody in-game,
0: say congrats. Yeah, well done, those people who no longer have a social life and have dedicated the rest of their lives to the server. If you did not know that yet, well, you know it now.
2: They're actually lucky. They get to work in Under the Reign of Valorn who's a lot nicer than the, Under the Reign of Lord, who would kill you when you quit.
0: Mm, yes, I always wondered how you survived when you received the boot last time.
1: He crawled out under a pile of corpses to just, like, be the one surviving person.
2: Indeed, I was. He didn't, he, too busy slaughtering everyone, I got p- bodies piled on me, but he he just missed me. So let's, uh, just move on, then. Eggums, you're here with us, right? Yes, I am. And you are in charge of and are the one-man show for Daisy, are you not?
3: Uh, not quite the one-man show, but pretty much the lead in charge of, uh, Daisy At the moment. Um, mainly because I haven't gotten anybody else set up.
2: So, what's going on on Daisy?
3: Well, the Daisy things, it seems like we're always changing things. Um... Because the game's been out for a while, everybody's kind of bored of the default gameplay of Trenaris. They know the map, they know all the loot spawn points, they know all the choke points, they know all the strategy behind it. So we've been uh, lately trying to explore some of the community maps to add a little bit more incentive to the game again.
0: To those complete noobs like me, what is Daisy?
3: Daisy. For a refresher, is this mod that came out for Arma 2 Engine that is uh, basically a zombie apocalypse survival sort of theme? The original intent of the game is you start off with absolutely nothing, and your first goal is to try and find some shelter, some food, and a weapon to defend yourself from the zombies.
0: So, the traditional formula person, add guns, add survival, and add zombies. Add all of the zombies.
3: Lots and lots of zombies.
2: I've heard from uh, just reading on the internet, watching videos, that it's a pretty unforgiving game. It's kind of hard to get started.
3: Yes, it is. It's one of the harder ones, and especially now with the latest version now, uh, was it, 1.75? They've upped the ante on those zombies now. They can rip you out of the cars and everything, so it's that much harder, uh, from what I've been told on the latest version of Daisy to survive your first few hours
1: alone. Now, I enjoyed Daisy when I played it and I had a computer that could play it well, however one thing that bugged me on a couple of servers I went to was that there were some incredibly obvious sort of hacks, everyone getting teleported to one spot and then just like gunned down and murdered. I'm assuming we're taking steps to prevent that? Yeah, we are. Um, It's always
3: a challenge, but I have installed some more uh, utilities from the community to help uh, prevent that, and uh, they're always working. Uh, they, meaning Battle Eye, who's in charge of that uh, for Daisy, is always working to try and catch those guys as quickly as possible. Um, it's still, to be honest, a bit of a problem within the community.
2: It's always a problem. As soon as you solve one problem, I'm, hackers and cheater types are just going to create another one, right?
3: Yeah, and the uh the a lot of the problem is uh because there's a community behind these servers, they want to share their techniques to locating the hackers and as soon as you know the technique to define define the hacker has been uh, shared with the whole community, the hackers of course know so they work their mods and hacks around that. So it's always a game. I'll try and outsmart them.
0: Just as well they're there, though, or else a lot of people would be out of the jobs to make all these plugins that stop the hacks, stopping the plugins that stop the hacks and so on.
3: Yeah, well, and the good news, though, um, supposedly in standalone, they're redoing the architecture of the entire game so that the hacking hopefully will be a lot more difficult. That brings up a good
2: point, I guess. There is a standalone game coming out in the future. How do you see that affecting our server for Daisy?
3: well it very very much depends on what they decide to do with it um from the server standpoint they haven't really uh, revealed a lot of information on it yet i think it's too early in their process um but there were some heavy rumors at least initially that they might limit it to uh the vip partners sort of like ea did with the uh, battlefield and such um but now uh, the current word on the street is actually we will be able to host, it's just a matter of time when.
2: So there's a chance they won't have dedicated servers?
3: That's, that was a rumor that was spreading like rapid fire, but the, 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 one of their blog posts a few uh, months ago, maybe even weeks, I can't remember exactly when it said, basically said no. Initially, when we first release our alpha version or test version, we're going to keep the server uh, hosting to a minimum, so that we can iron out the bugs, but we will expand
1: it to anybody, essentially. So they're going to let us all host it. Sounds good. I might need to get back into it if I can. have to yeah. tweak things on my computer, but it should be good. I did enjoy it when I played it. I remember being absolutely petrified with all my friends. We'd sp- spent hours meeting up with each other like along the coast. We'd got ourselves a couple of uh, Lee-Enfields and we were just panicking, because we had no idea where we were going. And that was actually quite fun. So, (laughs) I will have to look into it again.
3: Well, the problem with the landfield is it's one of the more louder guns, so as soon as you start firing that, I'm sure you've got a lot of bunch of company, too.
1: Yeah, it didn't end too well. We managed to find find each other again. But we were very, very careful before we fired it again.
3: (laughs) Well, yeah, if you want to give it a try now, we're running a Namask map, and we've actually increase the difficulty of the server, all the way up to veteran status so you don't have a cursor and you don't have any nameplates so you don't really know where anybody is in the server, not to mention that uh, this NamOS mask is actually quite cold so you uh, have to really kind of get with it, it's actually a lot more challenging now.
2: Not having nameplates must be a benefit to prevent the just spawning and immediately being murdered by another player.
3: Yeah, you don't, it gives the players an opportunity to to hide a little bit further. You can't see them, and you won't be able to, you know, you don't have this point point click little crosshairs to line up with them either. So, it takes a little bit more practice.
0: Anyway, right, thank you, Eggums, for that brilliant talk on Daisy. And we've brought out our own little survival server, properly survival now, for testing. If you've been following the roadmap, you'll have heard the whispers of something called a hardcore server. It's evil. It's horrendous. I'm so bad at it.
1: (laughs) Essentially, if you think of Minecraft, Minecraft is not too challenging once you've got the basics down. Once you know to get a crafting bench, then a furnace, then there's a a progression to it. Hardcore makes that very, very difficult. It completely changes lots of aspects of the game, so mining becomes more difficult. Mobs become a, a thing to fear rather than something to just casually avoid and murder as you sort of see fit but rock you helped with quite a lot of the setup for that didn't you so do you want to talk about that hardcore comes from
2: the minds that brought you the insane tracks and rock races kindy and i uh, got together and put together the the map and the spawn and the various plugins that create the difficulty I say, Kendi and I, but it was 99% M Kendi and 1% me. I did a, some of the building and a, some of the testing. He's the one that did all the admin.
1: So when it's released to the public and you're dying again and again and again, he's the one to he's the one to thank for that.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. When the, the third time you've died and lost everything you own, you know, go ahead and drop him a PM. So here's the gist. You spawn in, you go through a tutorial. Now, the tutorial will explain the rules and give you the option to opt out. If you do opt in, you have a choice. You could randomly spawn somewhere onto the map, or you could go to our crafted spawn point with with a little village and a boat and some fun places to explore. The biggest thing you got to know is in this game, death is permanent, or semi-permanent at least have not finalized what the result will be. Currently, when you die, you lose your inventory. All of your land, all the buildings that you've protected with the protection system are are gone. Not the buildings, the protections. And everything you had can be immediately stolen from you or claimed by your neighbors or friends. There is no griefing in this server except for uh, protected If you damage something that's been protected by way of a hack or whatnot, you could get in trouble for that. But the rule is, if you could break it, or you could access it, it's yours.
1: So, you may have heard us talking about a claim system, protection system. Now, this isn't the total immunity of the World Guard cuboids that you have on the main Escape server. If you have these things, they can still be... uh, Other players can't break them, however mobs and things are still something to worry about, they can still spawn. You also need to be very careful because, as was mentioned, when you die that protection goes away. All of your stuff is free game for people to take. The There is a limit to how much you can claim and protect in this manner, and you get more and more blocks that you can protect as you progress in the game, as you stay alive, so that's an incentive to stay alive. You get a set amount by default, but then uh... you need to keep playing and you need to keep surviving or you do lose all of your progress one of the other big changes that's happened in the hardcore server is the way mining works there's been a big big overhaul with that so you have in in regular Minecraft, once you've got an iron pickaxe, you can sort of go through everything. It's fine, you can do your branch mining or your strip mining, whatever you like to call it, and you can amass wealth incredibly quickly. However, that is most definitely not the case on hardcore.
2: Yes, with, a, with an iron pickaxe, you can dig through stone, but iron's not that easy to get and survives very short amounts of time.
1: You're not going to have
2: an iron pickaxe that's going to cut through hundreds of blocks. You're going to be shocked how quickly it goes away. Your standard weapons are going to be stone. I know none of you have relied on stone weapons five seconds after you spawn into a normal Minecraft server, but in this one, they are a staple. They're always in your inventory. You can mine ores with stone. And uh, another cool thing is when you mine an ore, all the blocks around it turn into cobble, and cobble is affected by gravity. So you got
1: to be careful how you mine, otherwise you might cause a cave-in. With regards to that, that, this means that you can't just have your regular mining, because you can't just dig out stone without an iron pick. Iron, an iron pick is something you can. You, it's the only thing you can break stone with, so you can't just do your traditional safe branch mining strategy. You have to start by finding an exposed deposit of coal, or iron, say. Although iron would be a luxury if you were to find it so easily. And you've got to start mining from that. There's the mobs buffing with the like supercharged creepers and stuff like that. But
2: Yeah, yeah. The mobs are way more powerful. And more uh, numerous as well. The zombies cut down doors... And there's charged creepers that are, that spawn in. They don't have to be hit by lightning anymore. They're just naturally there. And they're very, very
0: powerful explosions. I suppose we should be lucky that Drox didn't get his hands on the mob controls.
2: <laughs>
1: you don't want that. Yeah, would they end up like your dragons? So every every mob shoots, shoots fireballs and things like that. <laughs> Yeah, I haven't thought about that yet, but if someone gives me free reign...
2: <laughs> Kindy is a bit of a sadist, so I'm sure Drox, if you asked him, he'd let you do all kinds of crazy stuff. Uh, it's also important uh, that you guys know there's an End and another in this world as well, though I have not had an opportunity to get to the Nether and I don't think anybody's gotten to the End.
0: This End sounds lethal.
1: Well, if you think about how long it takes you to get up the gear to do it in a normal Minecraft, collecting all your armor, collecting all of your weapons and things to take on the Ender Dragon and survive lots and lots of Endermen, having that but then losing everything when you die with very reduced opportunity to get it back, you have to be something else to take on the end
0: in hardcore. Oh, you can just imagine that. You've just felt... (laughs) You fought through the whole game, you've got the Ender Dragon down to about the last two or three hits, and then you get demand.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: All of the player rage. I
1: can't oh, wait to see that happen.
0: It's
2: going to be great. There's already been some really funny moments. There is, uh, when early on when you died, everything that you have done in the game was reset and rolled back. So any block you placed... So, uh, I think it was... Who was it? It was Arrow Eng and...
0: Arrow and Invernal. And
2: Invernal t- teamed up and built something. And then Inven died and just... <laughs> Kendi said it was hilarious to watch. <laughs> just everything that he contributed to this building completely get wiped out. Since then, though, we've modified that. Not everything that you do is preset. Evidently that was causing some problems. Though I wish it would come back because that I think that's hilarious, but I might be a little bit uh, a little bit more hardcore than the hardcore crowd.
1: One thing that happened to me on that, I was meeting up with our, one of our admins, Dave Javu, to set up a little base of operations. However, I spawned over seven thousand blocks away, pretty much at the opposite end of the world. So I'd started my trek to go and get uh, get to his uh, house to start building. I get to 500 blocks away. This is after quite a trek over oceans and mountains. Just, I'm clinging on to survive, and then supercharged creeper out of nowhere. Boom, reset right from the start. It was evil. <laughs> I, I rage quit for the rest of the day.
2: Oh, it's great. I shouldn't laugh, but it is funny.
1: You need to be on your toes. There are mobs. They can sneak up on you even better than they can in normal, and they have more lethal consequences. You need to be alert all the time.
2: I was wandering around, I found a building, broke into it, stole all its contents, and ended up being Tijolo's. He finds out, cur- curses me. Then I land into a village that he had claimed, and a creeper was chasing me. I ran into the village and jumped into a well. The creeper saw him, stopped chasing me, and killed him. <laughs> so the, the creeper that I brought into the town killed Tijolo, and then I stole all his stuff.
1: Do you have a bit of a grudge against him, or is it just... No, opportunistic, it's stealing. Not
2: at all. I have been against this man, but it's just luck. Uh, horribly unlucky for him. All right. Well, give it a look. That will we'll be, you know, update, Giving you updates on when it's coming out, and it's a horribly good time. You're gonna, you're really gonna enjoy it.
0: Or oh, you'll hate it, and you'll rage quit after the first week. It's a mixed bag.
1: Now, one thing we've been thinking about recently, with the release of Aliens. Cl- Colonial Marines, is video games based off movies. Now, some of them have a particularly bad press. However, yeah, we've got a mixed bag to talk about today. So, so Matt, um, what games have you been looking at which have been based off movies?
0: Um, well, I have old ones. Sorry, but I don't get any of the movie games anymore. I've learned too much. I think I'm in a similar situation. The ones I've got to talk about are pretty old. But go on. Some of the older ones, I used to be a great fan of the James Bond franchise and all the video games that went with that. And when I say all, I mean most of them, because there was a lot and there was loads of them. Um, But from opposite perspectives, I'm going to talk about um, Agent Under Fire for the PlayStation 2 and Everything or Nothing for the PlayStation 2 as well. One of them was good, one of them was bad. Um, Agent Under Fire was a first-person shooter um, where you play as the obvious James Bond. And it had a wide variety of missions. It um, was level-select, so you go from A to B and get transported to B from B to C. But there was a variety of missions from shooting uh, around great environments and arenas to vehicle sections which were pretty damn good. Except the game itself had a lot of flawed points. Um, I remember getting completely stuck about two missions from the end of the game where you're fighting on this oil rig and I swear it is actu- actually impossible to do go any further than that. You die so bloody easily. The body armour's scarce, and the enemies were just... evil. Albeit this might have been because I was a bad gamer back then. But I still call evil. Um, and Everything or Nothing, James Bond, again, was a third-person shooter for the PlayStation 2 again, and... I thought it had a lot of good points. I tend to prefer third-person shooters because it gives you a better view of the action rather than you looking out a one single viewpoint with your as well as your character whereas the third-person aspect gives you the control of the camera as well so you can twist around the camera whilst blind firing in the other direction or you can blind fire in one direction while running in the other um, and it also had a Damn good storyline, damn good vehicle selections, and, well, damn good Bond.
2: Well, that's good. I'll have to give those a try. The last Bond game I had an opportunity to play was Goldeneye, and I know that sounds pathetic, because it's that was for the Nintendo 64. But I remember that one being just fantastic, at the first really, really good multiplayer game.
0: Um, you, you must be talking about a different GoldenEye to what I'm thinking of because there was a GoldenEye game that came out with the subtext Rogue Agent. Oh
2: no, not that one. I'm talking the original one. Well, I uh Like, you said, like Tyra said at the beginning, uh, we were to, what got this in my head was Colonial Marines. Now, I've been playing Colonial Marines this week and a lot of people have been flipping it a lot of crap, but I I found it to be a decent game. It has some problems, uh, but all games have some problems. It might not be the best thing on the planet, but I think it's representative of the idea behind the movie Aliens. A movie I'm a fan of, I'm going to admit, so there might be a little bit of fanboyism here coloring my my mind, but it got me thinking about something about movie games. It seems to me that the good ones are not the games that come out with the movie like the Spider-Mans or that god-awful Iron Man movie. The good games are the ones who come out either later on, sometimes significantly later on, or sometimes they come out, but they have nothing to do with the movie. For a good example of this is uh, X-Men Origins Wolverine, where the game and the movie are similar But the game has a different plot, different storyline, and is actually quite good. Aliens Colonial Marines reminds me of a game that came out for the PlayStation 2 that I think everybody should play called The Thing. And it's based off of John Carpenter's 80s horror movie The Thing. The interesting thing about The Thing was that the game came out 10 years after the movie. More than 10 years. I think 15 years after the movie came out. And it was still genius. Uh, why do you think that is, guys? Why why does it require delay or or different source or a different plot line to make a decent game? It seems. Why are these games that, that are driven by the movie plot so god awful all the time?
1: Well, I'd say probably because when they're trying to make the games with the movies attached to them, they're trying to release them at the same time. It is to cat is. If it's been given the time to think of a, sort of a new idea, almost, for that game, they've had the time to think about it, whereas if it's being pushed out to go with a movie, it might be being rushed and not developed to its sort of full potential. That's just what I think, at least.
0: Yeah, I'd agree with Tyrus that the companies that make these games are just looking out for the budget. They want to be the first one on the market when this new movie or game comes out, the instance of that being Harry Potter when they just bring out the game sometimes before the movie, as I've seen it once or twice. And some of the games are god-awful rubbish, in fact all of those games are, except maybe Harry Potter 1 and Harry Potter 2, but those have faded into nostalgia.
2: You remember the Spider-Man movies and the games that came out? Mm-hmm. Uh, specifically, Spider-Man 1. Did anybody here play Spider-Man 1 when it first came out?
0: Oh, yes, no. I think I did.
2: Oh, God, it was awful. The thing that was... <laughs> was remember how uh, Spider-Man, and he swings from, from building to building. This game, he would shoot his web straight up into the sky. And... It was so distracting, because there there was a hard ceiling of clouds, it was perpetually a cloudy day, and I guess he was sticking his webs to the clouds, for what it's worth, because it was, but it broke the continuity, and it just completely took you out of the game, whereas the second one was much, much better, where he actually shot his web at the roof of the building, and it kind of made it make more sense, but. So if you, for an example of the game that didn't work, look to the first Spider-Man game. It was just
0: truly terrible. Um, first Spider-Man game, I seem to remember that that was where you started in virtual reality as Peter Parker, if I remember correctly. can't remember. You might, you might be right. Wonderful. You, no one can remember these games. They've all just faded from everyone's memory. It's an auto-delete switch. That's it.
2: They need to fade from people's memories, all right? I can remember every game I really liked playing, all the way back to the Super Nintendo, all the way back to the Atari that's sitting out in my my pool room right now. It's the shit games you can't remember.
1: Unless they're so bad that they just stick in your memory. (laughs) There are some which are like that. I remember um, when I got my GameCube, I got uh, a game called well, it was <laughs> coincidentally it's a movie tie-in game although I hadn't intended to talk about it it was one of the incredibles games now even to someone who had like pretty much I think I had three games at the time so I didn't have a great deal of choice this was always the game that was bottom of the list to play I think we only had it because it was multiplayer it was just awful the controls didn't didn't never did what you wanted them to the graphics weren't amazing although that was a while back so maybe that's just They're not aging very well. But I remember that being an awful game.
2: You want to know what the worst movie tie-in game ever produced was? Anybody have a guess? And this is definitive. I don't think any of you guys could even argue
1: about this. The first or worst? Sorry. First is the worst. The only one I can think of as being, like, really bad that I can remember was, like, the ET one for one of the Atari uh, consoles. And that was pretty bad.
2: Yeah, you win. That is it. Hooray! I think that is the very first movie tie-in video game, and it was truly awful. And a game so bad that it's pretty much single-handedly
1: blamed for the collapse of the video game industry pre-NES. Is this the game that has the legend around it saying that they had so many cartridges that they uh, couldn't use because they were that they'd bought loads expecting it to sell like hotcakes and they had loads left over, that they ended up filling an entire landfill with the cartridges. I think I heard that about it, something like that, something ridiculous like that.
2: I heard the same thing, which uh, tends to... You hear a rumor two times, maybe three or four times, and there might be some element of truth to that.
1: So at least games have progressed slightly from that one, because that is... I cannot. I have never found a single person who said they like liked that game. And I've seen. Obviously, it's a bit before uh, before my sort of before my time. But it was. Yeah, I, I remember. I've seen screenshots of, it, and even by standards, the standards that of its day, it looks pretty horrendous.
2: Anybody played the Jaws game? Nope. Is that a
1: similar era?
2: No, no, it's not at all. It came out for the PlayStation 2, I believe. It just popped in my head as an example of a game based on a movie that came out over a decade after the movie. That was, yeah, not the greatest, but it was kind of fun. I, I, I would recommend giving it a go. Just because you play as the shark.
0: Yeah, this all applies if you haven't sold your PlayStation 2.
2: Oh, yeah. A lot of what we say in this podcast applies if you haven't sold your PlayStation 2. The PlayStation 2 is just prolific.
1: Well, the game I've got to talk about in terms of movie tie-ins is Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring, for the original Xbox, which I got probably about 2002, uh, which is probably too young for me to supposed to be playing it, but it was, I really liked that game, it was fantastic right up until essentially the game glitched and it it was ruined for me so you start off you're following the story of it you've got some sort of little fetch quests and things to do and one of its selling points is to make the game easier for you at certain points you can call upon the power of the ring it makes you invisible and all sorts of things like that however the longer you use it the more it corrupts you which was quite an interesting sort of uh, game mechanic you had to Think about when you're going to use it, whether it was worth using, uh, and yeah, it gave you a lot to think about, uh, and you could sort of re- recover your goodness by completing tasks for players and for players, for NPCs and things like that, and it was good fun. However, as I say, I was quite young when I played it, uh, and there was a bit when you had to escape through a forest, uh, being chased by ring wraiths and I found that terrifying. Having my even like having my friend to sort of tell me what to do from a walkthrough because he couldn't get through it, um, and then yes, the game glitched. As I say, you, it would make you more and more corrupt the longer you used the ring. I I used the ring to try and get past this this level which I just couldn't do, but then the game auto saved right before I'd sort of got maximum corruption, and when you get maximum corruption. Uh, you die, and it's a game over. And because of the autosave, it would reload right before I died, kill me, and so on and so forth, over and over again, and then I just quit. It could have been the best game ever after that, because I, I enjoyed it up to that point, but it sort of showed a bit of a lack of forethought in and planning when it just failed that, spec- that spectacularly at that point.
2: Alright, well, that's all we got for this week, sir, this Episode. Sorry about the delay. There's not going to be any major American football championships for another year or so. And uh, Matt sorted his mic, so we should have a regular recording season from this point forward. Uh, knock on wood. So, as always, I'm Rock Beef Chest.
0: I'm Tyrus.
3: I'm not Walker. And I'm Ekster.
0: And I'm Info Numbers Man. Remember to follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and subscribe to us on YouTube. And subscribe to us on iTunes as well, which we'll put the link in to, with this post. Thank you for listening. When Good night.
2: From the troubles that you may
1: find Try to seek shelter
3: But too many follow too close